The second uh, play that I saw was Hamlet, which is a one of the most famous Shakespeare plays. It's the one where the guy has the skull. And he says, to be or not to be. But uh, yeah, summary of the plot. Hamlet is all about a prince of Denmark who is sad because his father just died and his uncle has just married his mother, which is weirdly weird. But uh, he soon soon learns from his father's ghost that um, Hamlet's uncle Claudius is to blame for his death, and the ghost charges Hamlet with exacting out revenge. So a lot of this one is all about him deciding whether or not he's crazy, grappling with questions of uh, family obligation, morality, suicide... He's a very teenage character at the beginning of the play. There's intrigue, there's love, there's humor, there's coming of age, but ultimately there's tragedy because this is one of the plays where pretty much everybody uh, ends up dead. His girlfriend, Ophelia, his mom, Gertrude, Ophelia's brother, Laertes, Polonius, the Chamberlain, Claudius, all those guys are in the dead by the end of the play. One of the only surviving characters is Horatio, who's his friend from college, who lives on to tell the tale. Um, this is one of my favorite. This is, well, no, not one of my favorite. This is probably my favorite Shakespeare play. I personally love it because it has a little bit of everything, I think. It has a little bit of humor. It has a little bit of uh, love in it. It has a lot of tragedy. <laughs> has a little bit of intrigue. It has a lot of these questions that I think are so essential to the process of growing up. Asking yourself, like, why not end it all? Is there really a God? Um, I hate my doodad. And I hate my mom, too. All that stuff is a really teenage mentality, and I think that it's just such a good representation of what it feels like to do that. I don't know if I've ever found a version of Hamlet that I love, though, to be honest. Um, there's the the ones that are really famous are the movies. Um, there's Kenneth Branagh's like, four-hour-long version that I think I, I like a lot of. To be or not to be. That is the question. I think a lot of it's kind of on the nose, and Branagh is a ham himself, but it is still pretty good. Then there's the Mel Gibson one, which I personally hate, but I've gotten into a big long argument with uh, none other than my theater-going buddy, my mom, about this, um, so I won't go there. To be or not to be, that is the question. I know there's also a David Tennant version and an Ethan Hawke version. But honestly, I, I've never found one that I particularly love. Oh yeah, and Laurence Olivier, which I've never seen, so maybe that should be the one that I actually watch. I'm not sure. To be or not to be, that is the question. Uh, I was interested to see you Benedict Cumberbatch, though, um, because I think he is a good actor. Um, I mean, Cumberbatch is most famous for like uh, his turn as Sherlock, the new BBC series, where they um, they put him in a modern uh, day, but not the one, not the Johnny Lee Miller one, which is weird because then he starred in the National Theatre uh, of Frankenstein, which was really bad alongside Johnny Lee Miller. I don't know. Any case, he's also done like Smaug, He's done a lot of voice work recently. He was Doctor Strange. 
but they didn't let him use his British accent. He had to be American, which is very strange. Very, that part is very strange about that movie. <laughs> I, I, I was willing to give him a chance, though. Um, definitely. The, the pre-show beforehand featured a uh, interview with Cumberbatch with another guy who I'm blanking on the name of, but an old British actor. And uh, it was a little bit foreshadowing of what to come because it was a little ho-hum. There wasn't very much that interesting about it. Cumberbatch didn't give that much insight into his take on the character or his ideas about the world. The guy, the interviewer, asks him at one point, he's like, well, Hamlet's a very difficult thing to play. Like, many many other people have played him before you. Benedict Cumberbatch kind of just goes, haha, yeah, you're right. It is really hard. It doesn't really go much past that. Um, even when he asks him, like, what's going to be your mark on this? Or what, what, what is your experience while you're up there? Cumberbatch kind of just says, well, um, I just kind of get up there and I do it. And then it's over. And it's really exhausting. It's not, there's not a lot of insight into his process there. Um, which was kind of weird. I even noticed it during that part. The part that I really enjoyed of the pre-show was the second part, though, and it was uh, he went to a school in East Ham, which is just outside London. I don't really know anything about England, but I think it's there. Benedict Cumberbatch watched a high school production of Hamlet that they called East Hamlet, which is kind of funny. We're in East Ham at Langdon Academy, and I'm here to watch some drama students do their interpretation of Hamlet. 400 years after this extraordinary piece of writing is still being investigated, does it resonate with kids, with young adults who are growing up in a very different world to 400 years ago? But it did this really cool thing where when they did the, the to be or not to be speech, where they had uh, other characters in the play say alternating lines of the monologue, and uh, they had choreography to go along with it, and they had him like, you know, Hamlet's like in the very center of this kind of triangle of Ophelia and Gertrude and Laertes and Claudius, and it was really, really cool to watch. East Hamlet. Claudius. Gertrude. Laertes. Ophelia. Horatio. Cumberbatch, uh, like, asks them afterward. He has a little bit of an interview with them. He's like, what What do you think you guys were doing with that? And uh, the, the kids were amazing. Uh, so cool, so creative, because they were like, oh, it's the inner voices that he's hearing in his head. It's like the whispers of the things that he's imagining all these people saying to him. And um, it was just really cool to see that these kids, like, connected with the material. Because, uh, again, to go back to that, I really think that Hamlet is a lot about growing up and a lot about um, growing more mature. My feeling is I feel sorry for him because he's come to a point where he wants to kill himself and uh, he's lost people. Like We can relate to that. Uh, we've lost people and we know that, how that feels and uh, he's by himself. And, uh, and so I think that high schoolers should be able to connect with this material. So yeah, um, that was the pre-show. As for the actual show itself... 
on the whole, I say it's like, it was fine. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't really anything groundbreaking either. I don't think I found my definitive version of Hamlet that I can really say is my favorite. Cumberbatch was like, fine, I guess. He wasn't great, um, which kind of means that he failed, I think. Because if you're not great at this role, then um, kind of what's the point? He didn't really leave an impact. To be or not to be. That is the question. Um, and I don't think this play had much more to say about the material other than that, like, revenge is a road that you shouldn't go down because it will re lead to ruin. And I think that's a pretty obvious theme of Hamlet. And I think there's some more interesting things going on there. To rewind a little bit, though, even from the get-go, it's a little bit interesting because they do change a few of the scenes, which I think does work. So the, they change the ordering. Uh, it starts off with Hamlet all by himself, and he's just depressed and listening to a record when Horatio comes in. Originally, when you start the play, and I think this one I disagree with because I really like the beginning, um, it starts with these two guards who are at the changing of the guards, and one of them asks who's there. And somebody pointed out once that it's like the whole entire play is like a knock-knock joke, and like, who's there? <laughs> Anyways, that's just my own personal thing. I don't think it really matters that much, but I would have loved this better if they had given like a overture kind of of like what had happened beforehand, maybe like a, an, a mimed performance, some sort of weird dancey thing. Uh, I think that would have been cooler because it would have given us a little bit more context as to this guy and why he's sad and I don't know, just introduced it a little bit better. At this point, we just got kind of a static shot of Hamlet sitting by himself and then Horatio knocks on the door and then he lets him in and it just, it wasn't very compelling. Um, you got to make it interesting from the get-go or else you're going to lose people. It's a three and a half hour long play, you know. So Hamlet goes to the door and he opens up the door to find Horatio, his old college friend. And this is part of kind of where my problems came with this because this play also is in an indiscernible um, time period. Uh, Horatio is dressed in like flannel and he always has a duffel bag with him as if to emphasize, oh yeah, he's a college student. He's really, you know, living that college student uh dirty life style he has like tattoos on his arms and stuff he, he looks like a bunch of people who i knew when i was in college as well and like that's cool okay so maybe they're going for something a little bit more modern because like hamlet also wears like a hoodie at some points um but then everyone else is dressed in like period doublets and like or 1940s businessman like suit type things Ophelia is also in a, like, a high-waisted uh, shorts, 60s, um, kind of colorful outfit at one point. But then at the same time, all the soldiers are, like, in these, like, I don't know, World War II era, like, jackets. Like, Fortinbras, who's the um, Norwegian lord who eventually, like, takes over Denmark, um, is, is, like, in a, he looks like, like, Stalin or something, um, like, in one of those Stalin jackets. All the soldiers also have like AK-47s or something, but there's also like swords. It, it just, it didn't 
work. Like you can, you can put it in a different time period, but if it's not consistent, then it just doesn't work. It was strange. I mean, one could call that nitpicking. Uh, the one of the this is all just nitpicking. The second act is also weird, or the first act ending and the beginning of the second act, because they traditionally you end the first act with uh, Hamlet saying. Uh, from this point forth, be all my thoughts bloody, um, as he's being led away to go to England because he has just killed Polonius and Claudius wants to get him out of the country. Um, Claudius is also plotting to kill Hamlet, but uh, he can't do it because Gertrude still loves her, her son, so he says, go to England and then, then kill him there because that'll be better. Um, but as he's leaving, Hamlet like swears this vow to like take uh, Claudius down and I think that's really important to contrast the Hamlet that comes back afterward because he's more mature he's more resigned to kind of his fate and there's a more mature attitude about it he says uh, the famous line um, if it is now then let it come if it is not now then it will be later uh, there's grace in the fall of a sparrow something like that but it represents the fact that he has moved on from to be or not to be, and he is just accepted kind of like uh, his the, the chaotic nature of the world. So anyways, instead of doing that, they end off the first act with Claudius uh, pronouncing that he's going to send Hamlet off to England to be killed. And um, at that point, there was something that was kind of cool, kind of interesting, um, like in from the sides of like stage stage left and stage right, there were these like at first I wasn't sure what they were, but this this big like boom like kind of explosion of um, what looked like ash or like buzzing bees or something because they also did this cool thing with the lights where it was all stroby, and so like for a couple seconds like the whole entire castle that you've been in this whole time is like lit up with these this weird black stuff that's just floating in the air which in the second act is just still there on the ground and you find that it's all ashes and so it's this again weird implacable set where it's in a regular looking castle but there's like ash all over the floor and people just kind of like don't acknowledge it it looks like a weird wasteland post-apocalyptic world and um i don't know i don't know what they were going for i guess maybe it's to represent the corruption that everybody feels in terms of going down this path i, I couldn't really get it um it seemed like they were doing things just to do things and not really thinking about the consequences of it besides that the first act ends with Claudius pronouncing that he's going to kill Hamlet, which totally refocuses the, the, the play onto that as being the most important part, um, which is a strange, strange thing to, to, to think, I think. I personally don't agree with the interpretation of the, the events. No one person really stood out in this cast, Again, Benedict Cumberbatch is not awful, but he's not, in, in any case, particularly great. Um, 
I thought Gertrude was fine, um, and uh, Laertes was was okay. Um, really, the one person who I thought was really good was Ophelia. Her scenes were really affecting. I really enjoyed watching her on screen. One of my, f- probably my favorite scene of all, she killed, knocked out of the park. Um, it's the scene where Hamlet pretty much breaks up with her. She wants to give back these letters that he has given her. And she says, like, you're crazy now. I can't, like, you're not the same. And you can read that line, I never gave you aught, two different ways. Like, I never gave you these letters in the first place. So, like, why are you giving them back to me? That would be Hamlet being really mean to her and saying, like, oh, well, you didn't really matter to me in the first place. Or you can read it as he's saying, I never gave you aught, as in, I never gave you any reason to break up with me. Why are you doing this? And he says after that, he's like, I did love you once. And that could also be read different ways. He could be angry at her. He could be sad. He could be, I don't know, playing it up for Claudius and Polonius who are hiding behind the curtain. And that's the true tragedy, I think, is like the fact that Ophelia gets pulled around by all these men who keep on telling her what's good in her life. Her very first scene is with Laertes, who's like scolding her um, for being too familiar with Hamlet. And he's her brother. And she like reminds him, she's like, well, what about you when you're in Wittenberg? or France, when you're in France. I mean, that's Gertrude too. She's being pulled around by Hamlet, who's just this kid who doesn't understand the pressure that she's in. He's just angry that she's shacked up with his his uncle. And um, she herself is like probably trying for survival and trying to protect her son from getting killed off, and he can't see that. So like these, these, these competent women who are just being dragged down by all of the men in their lives ophelia goes crazy after hamlet kills her father and then she kills herself uh i don't know anyways point being i really liked the actress who played ophelia the ending too is just kind of like a blah you could you could fix a lot of these problems and you could really emphasize whatever theme that you're trying to do by giving us like kind of like I think at the beginning there should be some sort of mimed overture there should be some sort of mimed like closure like show us basically what you think was was Hamlet correct in this or was this the wrong choice to go down did he mature ultimately as a person do you see him reuniting with his father or reuniting with Ophelia in the afterlife or whatever um or is it something where it's like 
really tragic and everyone is truly dead and irredeemable. They didn't do anything like that. They just kind of ended, which is one of the big weaknesses of Shakespeare in general. Um, he just Some of his plays just kind of like end. Like, that's it. Everybody go home now. Um, yeah. So in general, I did not care for this one. The other National Theater Live that I saw Benedict Cumberbatch in, I mentioned before, it's the Frankenstein one, which is like really god-awful. See it if you want, but basically know that it's kind of a bastardization of everything that that novel does. And it's just really, oh my god. Cumberbatch swings for the fences with his accent in it, and uh, oh boy. You make sport with my life in the cause of science. Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller alternate roles in this electrifying stage production. This is your universe, Frankenstein. I don't know because I think he's a good, I think he could be a good, he can be a good actor. I don't know if it's him choosing bad roles or his agent or something, but like really he's got to gotta pick better stuff than this all in all i'd give this kind of like it's it's a fail for me um really uh canadian pass is 50 percent, five out of ten so i'd give this like maybe a four out of ten because ophelia was good and some of the choices were interesting but all in all not worth it you don't need to go see this i still have to search for my perfect version of hamlet and maybe you guys too. I don't know. Maybe my opinion matters. Maybe it doesn't. But I'm sending it out into the airways and into your ears right now. In general, I'd like to thank everybody for listening and keeping with me during this time. Thank you very much uh, for indulging me in my very snobby taste that I have about theater. Tell me what you thought, though. Did you see these plays before? Do you have any opinions about these? Uh, do you have any of your favorite ones that I should go see that I haven't heard of? Um, let me know. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook page, or our website. Which means, basically, Mom, uh, tell me what you also think of these things. So, yeah. That's it for me. Um, thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, see you later. This is a, oh man, I always sound so much weirder when I'm just talking to myself. I'm going to pretend that Alden's here.